Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 78. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is back with me. Barely. I think he's struggling today. We are in Brasilia, Brazil, the capital of Brazil for UFC Fight Night 95, Cyborg versus Landsberg. We are at the Windsor Plaza, Brasilia. That's right. It was cheap enough down here that we could get the host hotel. So that's been kind of a nice little luxury. Don't always get to do that. But the hotel rooms were cheap enough that we did. And somehow my man Cole Coffee got the 13th floor upgrade. He's up here high in the sky overlooking Brasilia. It's not the most scenic city you've yeah. ever seen, but you do have a nice view of what there is to see. Uh, my man has a, a doorbell on his door, uh, a refrigerator in his room that I don't have, which I can only assume is because they, they knew me and they were like... <laughs> They're like, we don't want to have to refill that thing over and over. <laughs> so you don't have a doorbell on your door? I don't think I have a doorbell. I bet you haven't noticed. Maybe I just didn't notice. You probably didn't notice. Now you're going to go down there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring your ring doorbell. doorbell. <laughs> uh, well... Cold coffee, I feel like you've been struggling. You, you did do Hidalgo last week. You did have to come pretty much straight from Hidalgo to here. Maybe that's it. It seems like it's been a rough one for you. This is, I'm tired. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that first leg, I only getting a couple hours of sleep and then pretty much rolling straight into it until whatever, like 2.30 in the morning last night. Right. So, yeah, in, a, in effect, yeah, working on three hours of sleep and then rolling straight through, yeah, that, that beat me up. Yeah, I'm just kind of tired. A tough so. one, but that's all right. That's all right. We're going to re-energize it here as we got these one-liter bottles of frosty beverage. These are giant. Antarctica. This is good stuff. We like the Antarctica. We basically, Antarctica we like the cheapest beers originals. here. Pretty much everybody makes these fun of the us, I think. Ones, are they? No, they're not, but I mean, we like Antarctica. Skull. We like Original. Original, that's our jam. Our favorite. That's our jam, but they didn't but yeah, have yeah, we drank the Skull, and I know everybody skull, else seems to, to laugh at Brahma, us when we drink the Skull. I like Brahma, too. Yeah, I, I like know, that one. I like all that. I like all those. And we get made fun of. Those not good ones? I don't think so. I like them. I don't think so. We we well, get kind of laughed at. I do drink PBR for a living, so <laughs> <laughs> for a living, I love it, man. We got to get that sponsorship. We got to get mm. to work on that. All right, let's talk about it. We are of course down here for UFC Fight Night '95, Cyborg versus Landsberg. The main event has been the story all week long, and, and and the way it should be. I mean, this is a big fight. Cyborg headlining. She's making her second UFC appearance. Uh, the first one, of course, back in May. She was on that huge stadium card in Curitiba, but she was just on the main card. This time, she's actually the headliner. She's facing Lena Landsberg. Let's talk first about Lena Landsberg. Oh yes, let's. I, I think let's, you've been a little. About I think you've been happy running into Lena Landsberg here and there. But I want to say, I mean, f- picking anybody against Cyborg is just you can't you can't do it. I mean, how do you pick somebody against Cyborg? But I will say this, and, and I've said it before. Um, you know, there's certain people when you get around them, you can tell that they're kind of trying to hype themselves up. They're trying to make themselves believe that they have a chance. Lena to me, has been the calmest, coolest, most collected. Like, I really feel like she thinks I'm the one that's going to beat Cyborg. Yeah, I think it goes to that right there. I think she firmly believes it. I mean, granted, we've seen girls before talk the game, and I think they believed it as well. You know, like, 
when we saw Leslie Smith fight her. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that Leslie be- believed that she could go in there and give her a, a tough run, you know, and we saw that that wasn't the case. You right. know, as tough as Leslie is, you know, once you start taking those shots, you know, I think anybody would fold on them. Um, but, you know, Lena seems to believe it. There's something about it, man. Maybe we're just all sh- – just won over by the fact that she just flashes that smile and you're just like, okay, I, I want to believe you. I want to believe you. <laughs> um, but she seems confident, you know, and, uh, but when you see the size and you see him match up, like we saw today when they, when they faced off at the, the media or the, the media day face-offs or whatever, right. it's hard to discount that size difference between the two. When you look at the size of their arms, yeah, you and know, it, and we and, should say it's a little deceiving if you look at just the face-off because Cyborg did have heels on. Yeah. Whereas Lena had tennis shoes on. So if you're only looking at the height difference, now that's a little off. But get to what you were getting to because yeah. it's not just the height. It's not just the height. I mean, when you look like the thickness between the two, like uh, Cyborg is just – she's a, a, a bigger female. You know, she's got bigger arms, bigger legs. You know, that doesn't – you know, that also means that's that's more energy that she's going to burn the night of the fight. You know, Lena might run circles around her for all we know, you know, and maybe that will lead to, you know, wearing down – you know, cyborg, but, you know, as for Lena wanting to be a striker and go in there, I've yet to see anybody stand toe to toe and throw bombs with Chris and last for a long time. I mean, you you said it real well the other day. You said, listen, I mean, two problems are first, we've never seen cyborg rocked. Yeah. And second, if you want to get inside and, and, you know, Lena's known for her elbows and, you know, she is a Muay Thai specialist, but in order to, you know, get into the range where you're going to punch, you got to be in the range where you can get punched. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah, that's real dangerous. I mean, uh, and, you know, as much as, as Chris is sort of struggling with this weight thing, she still is up, up. you know, uh, she's got good energy. She's, I wouldn't say bubbly because I, I feel like that'd be a, <laughs> just a joke to say that Cyborg's bubbly because there's nothing really bubbly about her. But she's she has a, been kind of energetic. But she week. has. She's been energetic. She's been joking around. Um and, and you can't help think that, you know, maybe this weight cut isn't as hard as we think. You know, I know it's hard, but I think she's done it enough times that she's dealing with it better. I think we've seen her in the past where it's those raw emotions. You see, you saw the one video, you know, where she was kind of crying through it. And, you know, honestly, I give her kudos for as much as, as she is just like an open book. Let, I, let love, out there. I love it how open she is. And, I mean, not every fighter is willing to do that with – with reason. I mean, a lot of times you're you're cranky, you know, you're probably saying things you don't want to get out there. And we saw something the other day where she was arguing with like uh, her diet coach or fitness coach or whoever kind of suggested the 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 birth pills and and all the other sort of stuff. And you know, a lot of camps would kind of keep that stuff to themselves. They wouldn't throw that stuff out there. And the fact that she's willing to bear all for everybody, you know, I think that's it's commendable. I think. That's that's what brings people into the sport is the fact that they're looking there and they they see these fighters open up everything because I think they most people assume when they look at the fighters they're only seeing what the fighters want to give and that's I believe that's true you know I mean just like any brand I mean what's unique about the fighters and the fact is that their business is their brand it's their name it's how they they put themselves out there in front of people and you know you have to be aware of how you're doing that sort of thing you know you can't just go out there and say anything willy-nilly because it will catch up to right. you. and the same thing with this if you start showing a lot of emotions you know you're always going to have those images out there somebody like oh remember when she was having that hella weight cut it's and true. she's crying and she's doing that other sort of stuff 
But the fact that she went out there and just threw that stuff out there and, and just shows it, I love it. I love seeing what she's doing right now. I do too. I feel like for whatever reason, I feel like, I don't know, we're learning more about Cyborg as a person or just like her personality. I mean, we, we know her, of course, as a as a beast of a fighter. I mean, that's that's been out there for a long time. But I don't know. I feel like we're really like kind of getting to see her personality and see what she's about and being open and honest. So uh, that's been very refreshing to see. The other thing, too, that, that I do want to say is this whole weight cut situation has been a little bit bizarre because I feel like the weight cut, yeah, is, is definitely an issue. But she fought at 140 pounds in May, and she, she, she was under. And, and now, you know, they went to this whole, uh, his whole deal where, uh, as you said, not, you know, having the conflict with her, with her dietician, George Lockhart, where now she's taking birth control as a potential means of, of I guess, helping her water load, and then that's going to help her cut. And I, I don't know. Like, I feel in some ways – I'm just confused. I feel like in, in some ways – you know, they, they uh, kind of mess with the recipe. One of those things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's like it worked the first time, and we saw the video. It wasn't fun, but they did make it. And to tamper with that is, is, a, is I feel, a little bit weird. And now it seems like Cyborg's weight has become the story of this entire week. And I know it's always been a little bit of the story, but now I feel like it's entirely the story. So uh, I, as, as we comment on that, let's uh, welcome in Fernanda Prachis, who uh, was able to – Swing by. She was not here as we first got started, but she was able to wrap up her work and uh, give us a little go. She has been front and center on this matchup from the very beginning because uh, Fernanda actually got to come here to Brazilia for the on sale, uh, I guess, what, a couple months ago when the tickets went on sale. You actually got to interview both Cyborg and Lena Landsberg. And then also, uh, yesterday, you got to sit down with both of them and have some extended uh, interviews with them as well. So um, just just give us your thoughts. I mean, first, Lena, I think we're all a little bit taken by her. I think we're all, you know, like she does seem like she's got some kind of confidence or some air about her. But, I mean, it is. This is Cyborg. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, rude. Nobody waited for me to start the podcast. <laughs> we got things to do. We, we, got, we would okay. never get started. We got Churiscaria. We, we got Churiscaria to go. And I get here, they're already drinking out of giant bottles of beer, so – that's, uh, yeah, one litro. The, the podcast tradition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, it's just well, giant bottles. It's just a litro. What's a litro? I mean, that's got to be like four or five ounces. At least. Just for it can't be like a pint or anything because a pint people sounds big. Pour, into, pour their contents into glasses like civilized human beings. <laughs> but I don't think we have glasses. Out of the bottle, and so is John. Which mm. means I'm hanging out with the right crew. Damn straight. Uh, okay, so Cyborg and Lena. Yeah, I've been. I was here uh, for the media day, and I also got to have some one-on-one -on -one time with both. And what struck me about Lena from the start, and I think with the same happened to Mike and Ben and the guys from our staff who actually got a chance to talk to her, uh, we all talked about the same thing: her confidence. Because, uh, and we have talked about this in the past. We have. At, at you know after so many years we can kind of sense when it's a fraud mm -hmm. and when it's an act and when it really comes from within and she just radiates confidence mm -hmm. she's not intimidated and I mean I do think that her extensive Muay Thai experience is a, a, a factor that helps just because she's used to violence and she likes it and she feels very comfortable with it 
Uh, and also, on the other end, I do think that she's not going to be as aggressive as people are probably thinking that, you know, oh, these are true strikers. She's going to come out guns blazing. She's just going to be in Cyborg's face. That would be a mistake. That would be a mistake. And she has said it. She said it from the start. She said, I'm going to be strategic and smarter than her. It's it's funny because, you know, normally on fight week we do a thing we call who you got. You know, we ask professional fighters, who do you think is going to win the fight and get their, their take on it. Of course, we do our own media picks as well, but it's kind of fun to get professional fighters' opinions. This week, uh, you know, we kind of had a feeling with the odds being the way they were that not many people were going to be, uh, you know, picking Lena Landsberg. So we said, let's, let's do this a little bit different. And we did a video where we basically asked everybody, you know, how would you beat Cyborg? What's the strategy to beat Cyborg? And, you know, we got a variety of answers and, and – we got to be honest with you. We got a lot of people that were scratching their heads and saying, yeah. "Hell if I know." Well, Sandy were scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> De Mike De La Torre was like, scared. "I would, I wouldn't want to do it." <laughs> but you know, the funny thing was, I think the one common thread was a lot of people were like, "You've got to get her out of the first round. You've got to get her tired." And it's a funny strategy to be like, you know, I think it wasn't. It was I believe it was Misha Tate against Amanda Nunes, who yeah. you know, I think I asked her about that, and she's like, "Well, if my strategy is to hope she gets tired, that's a pretty shitty strategy." <laughs> and it is a shitty strategy. But, but it is it's, a it's realistic, right? I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, if you're going to beat Cyborg, I think it's like playing Mike Tyson's punch out back in the day. You know, you had to, like, dodge Tyson for, like, the first minute and a half because if he touched you with any of those, you were going down. Yeah. And, and then, then after that first can, minute and a half, yeah. then you could pick him apart a little bit. And that's what she – that's what she said. Uh, Lena, yesterday during our seat – I'm sober, and that, that's wow. what she said. Jokes are already yeah. out, so – uh, this is a promising evening, evening for all parties involved. Uh, when we were sitting down yesterday, uh, Lena, uh, I asked her about the weight and if she followed the fight week chatter and everything else, and she said she didn't, mm -hmm. that she doesn't read, uh, she doesn't look at social media, that she doesn't follow it. She does read MMA Junkie, though. She just, she was just, <laughs> she was just of course, it that's why it's on her home screen. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the app. As it should. She's got my page <laughs> yeah, saved totally, on her phone. Totally. I've interviewed her so many times already. Yeah. Like, the last time today, Kenny was there. I was like, Lena, she's already, <laughs> hi. She's like, you again? <laughs> she didn't, actually. You, I could just, like, sit down and just answer for her at this point. Um... What was I totally lost my line of thing. Okay, so I talked to her about that, and she said she doesn't follow it. But then I said, but does that play into your strategy, or is that something that you see as, as a favorable thing to you, that your opponent is visibly struggling? Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, yeah, I mean, she wouldn't say it in so many words, but basically that she is ready to go five rounds and that she thinks that that, you know, that, that she might be a little bit debilitated because of the weight, and that will help in, in a longer fight. So I think that's what she's coming in with. Um, she doesn't, from what I could gather from all the times that we talked, she doesn't think this is going to be a quick fight. And, yeah, and then Cyborg said, I think it's going to be a TKO for sure. Yeah. And I asked her, well, <laughs> Lena thinks it's going to go five rounds. And then Cyborg was just, uh, I'm ready for six. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Cyborg, this whole weight cut thing. Uh, just minutes ago, I was on Twitter because I, you know, I clarified because there was some question, I guess, does she get the extra pound or not? Yeah. I was able to she clarify. She didn't know if she was going to get yeah, it. Yeah. I was able to clarify with the UFC that she does get an extra pound. And then I tweeted that, and she immediately tweets back, or somebody in her camp, I think it's pretty well known that she doesn't run her own social media account, but that said, you know, are you sure who told you this? Basically insinuating that, that, that their camp had no idea she could make 141. Do you guys 
I mean, do you believe that? Do you think I that's do. you have a you well, have a damn bout agreement, well, look, right? Look, well, that's the thing. Listen, look what we heard from Lena today she when said she, she said it, she was like she only did it at one forty. I think they're both probably were told it's one forty, one forty, one forty, make one forty. Right. But maybe that's the same thing, you know, where a lot of times they, you know, with any of the matches, even though yeah, it does say in the contract it's the plus one like mm-hmm. they do in I know in Vegas and a lot of the other areas. Maybe here it's that same situation, but they didn't relay that to the fighters. Maybe they wanted to make it seem. But for Alina to say what she did, I completely agree that they probably were point. stressing the fact that I it is 140. Yeah. So now what do you say to Lena where she That's says it's supposed to be 140? Well, I'm sorry, but the contract actually said she could be 141. I mean, granted, we think it's one pound, we think in but, terms it's one pound. But it is a big deal. But that's a big deal in the sense that, you know, that's one step that closer to pound. the 145 that gets closer. I mean, because, you know, we – I mean, I know we heard different amounts of how much Cyborg had to maybe lose today, whether right. it was 10 pounds, whether that was true, whether it's more, whether it's less. You know, once you start getting down to that five-pound range where, you know, you're she already looked – like, you know, yeah. she's given up a good bit, yeah. you know, and so any bit closer to that, it's going to get harder and harder. So that one pound extra that she can have, that's like a saving grace that for seems her. crazy I mean, to me that they wouldn't know, but you're right. That's a good point. Lena said straight up, I'll fight at 140 and nothing yeah. else. She was scared. She was very categorical. Uh, Kenny yeah. was there and you saw the footage afterwards. Uh, that was it. She said, I'll do 140 and nothing else. And then I asked again just to make sure. So you're saying if she doesn't make that 140-pound yeah. weight, you're not going to do it? And she said, uh, no, probably not. I think You know what? And I applaud her for sticking to her guns because I think yeah. there's this – I think there's this kind of like uh, mentality in MMA where like your opponent misses weight, you know, you, if you it's one it pound, you yeah. go, ah, I'll take your 20% and let's do this. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to be the person, especially in the main event, nobody wants to be the person to be like, I screwed up the UFC's plans. But in this particular situation where it is special circumstances, where we know Cyborg's an absolute beast at 145, where Lena Landsberg, how, how even though a lot of people have been calling her a featherweight, she's told everybody, she's you, Ben Folt, she's actually a bantamweight. Yeah. Um, I think she competed one time at featherweight, and everybody calls her a featherweight. She's yeah. bantamweight. She's coming up to meet in the middle. I think if Cyborg misses, you know, if Cyborg comes in at 142 or, hell, 141 and a half, I think you take your show money and go home. But that's the thing. When is she going to get a, a headliner? I mean, yeah. though, though, granted, it's not her division, so they will just match her up against a Benson weight in the future, and she's going to, you know, make the steps necessary. But if she's that confident that she's going to win on Saturday, imagine what a win over Cyborg on your headliner will do for your career. Yeah, and so. it would go a long way for her. I mean, I think it's almost yeah. one of those ones. No one, nobody wants to take an ass beating. And, you know, regardless of the money or whatever. So it's like if she's already thinking like, hey, you know, I don't want to take it where it's it's heavier and it's more in Cyborg's favor. She's going to be more stronger. She's going to be better in shape. She's going to beat my ass better. But the fact of that, one, if she does, you can almost give her a pass at that point. Because if she, one, does them a favor, takes the fight, regardless sure. of the loss, I would have you're to gonna think that the, with you're going to build a lot of goodwill because they're going to, in one sense, be like, thank you very much. You just saved our main event in this country sure. that was already hurting, you know, because if they can't fight Cyborg, I mean, granted, I mean, one, like Roy even kind of mentioned and said if something happened with one of the other fights, maybe they would move what up is, and yeah. jump up and maybe mm-hmm. make them the main event as opposed to the Barrow yeah. event. Um, and that could happen, but... You know, if she came in and say it was even like 142, the thing about taking some purse, if that's what it is, that's a lot of times closer getting a bonus when you're fighting Cyborg, Cyborg than anything else. Good money. Yeah. Because, you know, she's making good money, but also most of these 
women, a lot of times, or any competitor, when they're coming, they're fighting, they know they might be going to lose. They're only getting that show money. Yeah, yeah. And you're, so you're taking the loss, and then you're taking your show money, and then you're going home. But if you're taking that loss, you're getting your show money, and you're getting a little bonus on top of it, depending. Because Cyborg, I guarantee, is getting some decent little change for this. So 20% of that or whatever, if it's only a pound... I would maybe be into yeah. it if it's five True. pounds, four pounds, five pounds, six pounds. Then you start getting the point now it's maybe dangerous because this person just didn't even want to do what they needed to do. And now they're right. not being they professional. Didn't they didn't even try because at that point they're another weight class. Up. You know, that you know just what? exposes the ridiculousness of the situation All because right. we're arguing over like freaking four pounds. And Lena said if they had offered me it at 145 to begin with, I would have taken it. Yeah, and we're just at this point where 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 I think everybody's just kind of struggling to understand the reasoning behind. Well, I'm not. It. I want to say I'm not, and I agree. I think a lot of people are saying, "Why can't you just let her fight at 145? You don't have to make the division. Yeah, you don't have to make a title for it, but just let her fight at 145." I think the reason you do it at 140 is because that's how you get more people from 135 to come up and say they'll but take the fight. But they're not coming anyway, so you know you're bringing in a newcomer. That's the thing. Right. If you're if it's like it's Holly and Holly will only do it at 140 or whatever. Right. That makes perfect perfect sense but you're bringing in a newcomer who would do the fight at 140 try offering the fight at 145 right. you know that, that that wouldn't change anything if anything we would have a better promotion of the event and less weight talk so to me it came to me it came across as a power play like we're not giving you everything cyber because one year ago we didn't even know she's gonna she was gonna right. be here because it was like Hell, six months ago. <laughs> six, yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Like every story that I write about it, I end up bringing that up because right. it's just such a bizarre situation that we have Cyborg as a headliner. But then it's just like it's your second fight. We admit that you're a draw because they wouldn't do it if she wasn't. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're giving you what you always said you were. You were. We know you're a draw, and they wouldn't admit that mm -hmm. because the whole idea was Ron is the best, and Cyborg is just. So they're like giving, we're giving you this, we're giving you the headliner, we're giving, you, but we're not giving you everything. That it's what it comes. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I do think obviously they wanted to try to get her to 135. I mean, at, at one point, I think they were trying to work her down to 140, get a few under your belt at 140. I mean, she did weigh what 139 at, at uh, in May, right? She was a pound under. And then the video came out, and she was near death, and they scheduled this after. Right. I see, but I, I mean, I do oh, understand no, it that wasn't after. their motivation. No, it did come out after. Yeah. We didn't, yeah, we didn't know about it until after. In fact, no, no, it was no, no. I mean, the scheduling of this. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before. You're I right. Think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know they were trying to get her to go towards 135, and it is funny. I mean, I'd still probably be interested in seeing her fight Ronda Rousey just because we've just heard about it forever. I think. Oh, we, you I know, think everybody. It's would like love Pacquiao that. Mayweather. Even though Pacquiao yeah. lost, people were still like, "Wow, ah, let's still see it anyway." You know, I'd still mm. like to see the fight. Um, but I. I, I <laughs> I do think it – I mean, we were talking about today, Fernanda. I do think she could get to 135, but it would be – I mean, it would be a lifestyle change. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it would you not would, you be – would need like, She would so need, need like a year to she's prepare for that. She's already struggling. That's the thing, though. Like, what I think most people miss, and this is why I became like such a freaking cyborg defender for the world. Because uh, that's someone that needs defending. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I feel like she – well, I think it's almost – it's, a, it's a little bit of a feminist <laughs> thing because she gets so much like mean. Yeah, yeah, I hate the mean stuff. Yeah, I hate oh, yeah the she gets stuff. a lot of hate. And uh, it just makes me so like it, – it, it, it brings out like something animalistic and like protective in me because it just – I know how awful people can be. Yeah. She Don't has go on YouTube. Target. 
people be hating some serious shit. The stuff that people say on YouTube about any video that has yeah, her in it, I don't it's look. just cruel. It's just, it's just mean. It's, it it is. Look. It's totally mean. I mean, how can you discount? I mean, when granted, you know, you brought up Rhonda. Rhonda for sure is the biggest draw. I mean, well, there's Connor, and then there's still Rhonda. But as for female fighters, it doesn't get any bigger than yeah. Rhonda. But oh, as the most good. dominant women fighter right now out there, Cyborg, in my opinion, is the most dominant women fighter out there. Yeah. I think the UFC was. It was they'd be stupid to not try to find some way to bring her in. And of course they brought her in because she's a huge draw out down here. She's huge as can be. And I love the fact that one, she does all of her obligations. She's like the perfect person yeah. for this. She does every media obligation. She'll, I, I've seen her do interview after interview after interview. Oh, and you yeah. know, and this is all while she's going through a huge weight cut. We've seen guys, girls, everybody, you know, and I can only imagine. Cause as you can tell, I've, haven't done a weight cut ever. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not the most personal person, but to see somebody that's going through a huge weight cut that we've seen the downs still be such a personable person Smiling. about it, I have yeah. the most respect for her. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when you see all this hate and all this other stuff, it's like you guys are just hating. They're finding stupid reasons. But if they go back, some at some point they're going to go back and they're going to look at the, the, the body of work that Chris Cyborg has done and it is so impressive that yeah. eventually I would hope that these people would feel like shit for <laughs> saying you know for going back and just literally finding something cosmetic or whatever to say or something the about somebody it's been so domestic I mean and that's the thing there you know but we I guess I shouldn't discount else. that. Like, Roy yeah, C. I mean, Gracie cheated. Like, yeah. let's all face the freaking fact. That I mean, does everybody MMA not gods. love Anderson Silver now anymore? Well, I mean, what, everybody, to, to, most to, people still consider him the greatest, you yeah. know, of all time. Do we do we throw that out the window now? Well, two, and two other points I want to make. First, and, and kind of speaking to Cyborg, is that we did hear, kind of off record, the three of us, that um, once she came in heavy and once she was making the public statements that it was kind of hard for her, that the UFC did kind of talk to her and say, yeah. hey, do we need to do something about this? Like, do we need to start? Maybe, maybe we can go negotiate with Lena. And she said it herself. The, the, yeah, Cyborg. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't do this at 140. Maybe we do it at 143. Or maybe yeah. and she said, no, I signed a contract for 140. I'm gonna make 140. So I do applaud that. Now, there's been a lot of bitching on social media about the fact that she has to make social media the or that she has to make 140. Don't, yeah. don't even know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a, a social media that has her name on it uh, that she has to make 140. Or now, as we know, 141. So I just want to just comment on that her professionalism the the ufc <coughs> excuse me did come and say you know let's talk about this do we need to start looking at a catch weight earlier in the week and she said hell no i signed the contract i'll be there the other thing is the other interesting thing because we're talking about kind of the misinformation and who knew what and why didn't know, this is the first ufc that i can remember in forever ever that there's not a matchmaker here yeah, yeah. uh neither neither matchmaker here I, I i don't know if ratner's on his way or not i don't think i've seen him yet um but those are the guys that would normally be handling these type of discussions. It would make sure, like, as soon as they heard, you know, oh, she doesn't know if she can make 140 or 141. Let me pull up the contract. It's right here. She can make 141. Um, or pull up the Rolodex. Who yeah. can replace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to find that so down here. <laughs> I thought, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I, I don't, this is not going to be, the, from what I was under, well, from what I understood, this is not like, uh, well, WME, IMG says they don't need to have matchmakers there anymore. It was just a situation where there's so many events coming up. Um, there's a lot, you know, 
truth be told, neither one of those guys really likes coming down here to, to, to Brazil to begin with. And this is not the place where there's the beach to go hang out yeah. at. It's it's Brasilia. Yeah. But uh, Fernando's here. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, Rio, I'm, uh, you know. I don't like your reaction, guys. I just thought it was funny that, that, that this is the event that, the, it ha- that happens, and then there's this yeah. misinformation that's not getting yeah. out. So interesting point. Um, okay, uh, last thing. At the end of the day, are, are we all – picking cyborg even though we love lena and we think she's fantastic yeah i mean you have to go with logic just because how much do we know about lena right and have we seen her against yeah i mean i've seen some of her mma, MMA but i haven't i haven't seen like i'm not gonna lie i haven't seen her movie tie fight so i don't know how good exactly. or, you know, i've seen how it translates to mma but it's just a it's a small sample and it's not the thing is you can watch a fight and you can be like yeah. she fucked that chick up mm-hmm. that chick ain't cyborg <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's kind of hard to Exactly, we don't to have anything to go by. That's the and and we've talked about this too when we make picks, we need to like find some form of logic behind it. Some people don't. They like to pick the dogs, they right. go with emotion. There are many factors that go into it, but like usually the idea is that we find some form of logic and I find no way of logically backing up my pick. Olina and uh, I even I even said on my pick that I think we all kind of wanted to give her a chance just mm-hmm. because it's so interesting, and we all know that it's gonna be bizarre if she wins. <sighs> the internet would blow up. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh one of those God. elbows will catch something. I almost don't want her to. I almost I I, I don't want her to. Okay, I almost don't want her to win because it's very rare that I don't want a person to win ever. But uh, when I say that I almost don't want her to win, what I mean is that. The cyborg haters are going to come in so, so freaking strong if that happens or, you know, just kind of like she had never faced top. The, the, how quickly people can dismiss entire legacies over a loss is something that just drives me bananas. Like what happened with Aldo? The guy built. Sucks. He's, he's, I always, and he, we always knew that he said that that's like oh, the worst freaking speech. I always said this guy sucked. As he was beating everyone for a decade. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's like my main thing here. I think that Cyborg needs to win again and do it decisively if we want her to be in the UFC and we want her to have her needs met. And I think that after this one, I hope, because we saw her bulging. Before, she was very adamant, like, I'm not making this cut again. But now we're getting maybe I'll do this cut again. I, I kind of want her to see her win very decisively and go like, nope, <laughs> not doing 140 again. She's already said that she doesn't need her own division, that right. she'll just do 145. So I kind of just want to see her win this one. Lena can go into bantamweight, have a great career. We'll all be happy. <laughs> but yeah. I just I want her to win this one and have that pull where she can go and say, like, okay, I'm a draw. I bring people in. I draw the clicks, and we know she brings in yeah, the clicks. But I want my fight. I want for it's five freaking pounds. It's ridiculous that we're having this conversation. And it's, and she already struggles to make one forty-five. Right. So think of how much time we lost today. The podcast, the news, everything has revolved around right, five freaking pounds. It's true. It could have been avoided. I saw a picture today that somebody tweeted out of her and Dominic Cruz standing together. Oh, God. Theoretically, a 135-pound champion and somebody <laughs> that people want to be a 135-pound champion. 
Holy shit. She was wearing heels, though. She was wearing heels. But, right. yeah. but still, she could but she still. could be barefoot and she would still dwarf. Guys, and then Dumb. this, and she keeps bringing that up, and I feel like I can, I have a saying in this, because uh, she was saying about hormones. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with birth, birth control. Oh, this birth control thing, I don't get it. it we, we, Respect the, Lockhart, man. He's had some success, but Jesus it, Christ, it that seems, seems like risky. a freaking gamble. Oh. That's the thing, because whenever, and this I speak as a woman, again, I'm not, Lockhart has put years of study right. into this, and I haven't, so I don't want to come in and say, oh, he's a dumbass. He's clearly not. He's really good at what he does, so he has a reason to do it. But what we get as women when we show up at the, the gynecologist and ask for birth control is all these things can happen. Oh, yeah. Because it's hor- – and with different types of pill, like this might, might – and some of them, and we have this by existing as women in the world, you have one girl who will say, I gain weight with birth control. And you have other ones who will say, oh, it's been great. My, my, uh, my weight is great. I lost yeah. weight. It's been awesome. Uh, my mood – I have mood swings. I do not – you know, so it's, it's such a gamble whenever you're dealing with hormones that – I feel like it was a very risky move that you're going to calculate that she's going to come in and then she's going to – and he said it himself. He said it himself in the video. He said, the only thing we know for sure about weight cutting is that weight cutting is – there's nothing to know for sure or something like that. He said something in the lines of it's pretty unpredictable. So when you're bringing in hormones, you're messing with something that – you know, it's just highly unpredictable. And Cyborg herself, she's been saying all week that she's been cranky, emotional, mm-hmm. and she says it's her hormones. She, sh- she says it's her period. She says it's the birth control. So to me, as a woman, it f- looks weird. Yeah. It looks very risky. But again. We're going to see. I can't wait for the weigh-ins tomorrow morning. Yeah. The one thing about those official weigh-ins that's great now, it, they're kind of weird, but the cool thing is, like, they're in a – and this will be the – well, you got to do something. They, they, we're in a, oh, no. We, that was before we could yeah, cover. Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah, we just went there, but we couldn't So do you're it. in this small room, and there's like 10 people in there, and you're like up close to the scale. I mean, you can see, I mean, you can hear people talking. You can mm. see exactly how they look. Whereas before, you know, we're in the arena, and yeah. we're kind of in a bowl, and we're 100 feet away. We're shooting like. There's like distractions. Yeah, everywhere. here it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're right on top of it. So, all right. Well, listen, uh, we got to refill these frosty beverages real quick. So in order to do that, uh, I wanted to play the interview that, Fernanda, you did with Cyborg. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome because the UFC was very cool in uh, giving us some time with both headliners. Yep. Uh, and it was the first time that you got to sit down and be part of uh, the beautiful two-camera <laughs> shoots that our man Cole Coffey puts together. It was scary. It was it was I was very nervous, but I was really happy that I got a chance to count on on Kenny's genius. And we're making I'm really dramatic head gestures right now, guys. You can't see it, but <laughs> it's really great. And uh, to get a chance to talk to these ladies that I got, uh, f- I was fortunate enough to get to know a little bit better over the past month. And they're both really cool, really interesting girls. So Awesome. All right, we're going to re-up. And while we do that, you listen to Cyborg and uh, Fernanda Prochis as she talks about a variety of issues with the UFC Fight Night 95 headliner. <laughs> Chris, the inevitable question that everybody's asking you, the weight. How is it? How are you now at this point where on it's Wednesday, so how's it going? You know, it's always hard to make 140, but you know, last interviews, I, we cannot eat, you freaking stress, and it's like so much. 
and then I show the stress I am stressed and then yeah. but now everything in control you know in my team and I think it'll be everything right Friday and it'll be tough and it'll be easy you know I just today I did an amazing training with my coach I did it like pads and then run and you know I think it'll be everything okay you still have a lot to lose yeah a little bit a little, little bit. bit yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, because I think the main thing is that you came in heavier than people because there's this new, not rule, but the UFC has been trying to control that weight coming in and you were above that. Was that uh, something, how did the UFC handle that? How did you guys, how did they, did they offer you anything? How was that conducted when they noticed how heavy you were coming uh, in? Then when they know I'm heavier and then start calling me and they check the weight all the time, you know, then care about my health, you know, they don't really want the fight to happen or have nothing bad with me. You know, it's important to make the fight happen and be okay. And then all the time, they then call me, check my weight, see everything right, and they be decided the, the weight for see, you know, for be everything okay. Did, at any point did they say let's do this at a different weight or maybe do it the, maybe postpone the fight was that ever a conversation no they then check now everything and if you think it's something happened of course then care more about my health than just the fight just the weight I think it is show it's the fight and I think of course this if it is something happened it would be possible but as you you were just it was kind of in the realm of possibility, but you never really... No, then, then uh, because then follow me now all the time, and yeah. if you didn't see it'll be no good for me, then you for sure they'll make something, something special. Okay, got it. And as far as the one big part of the whole weight controversy were the birth control pills, because we saw that on the video, and it seemed like you were having an argument with your nutritionist about that. Um, how did the birth control pills come into play? Was it a suggestion by him and and uh, did you get them prescribed by your doctor? How was that whole birth control um, situation? You know, the, the, the two days ago I was a bit pissed off because of everything and then this is new for me about yeah. this birth control. And then, you know, I just, I believe in George Lockhart. We work almost three years. Yeah. And then, but sometimes when you check away to see really different and I was stressed and I tell him and but birth control little hold a little bit of water yeah. and it's really hard when you train 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 and you yeah. check your weight to see don't change a little bit yeah. and not the same before you know the same before i was never used this and but you know i trust him and yeah. this day i was really pissed off and distressed because it's the day the fight day we yeah. lose weight a little little bit and everybody said oh, this, this week we don't get a serious anything you do and yeah, I believe in him. We're three years together, and I hope he's doing all right. And yeah, do amazing fight Saturday. Yeah, because that was actually what I was going to ask you because it was public that you guys were just not seeing eye to eye, and I'm sure you had to answer a bunch of questions about that, and so did he. But the video, uh, it was something that your team put out. Is that do you have control over it? That at any point you were kind of like maybe we shouldn't. Do you know because I was the two days I didn't see him do the interview, and I was speak everything and speak because it was a really bad day and then uh, to give you opportunity for George to say why he did this you know the, about this and the, because we, we family you know his part family he's not against me and then but he, he the day I was really pissed off and then we give opportunity for his say explain why this is happening you know and yeah it just happened you know the, the best family ever together happened you know everybody do this and now you're 
Everybody knew it's no, everybody see, ah, okay, they're fighting, it's normal, you know, family. But we cool now, you know, we training together. And today just running for me, he's giving mails before I came, you know, for be okay. And uh, I just saw on your Twitter, you mentioned that you RT'd someone and said it was your last. It was, that was it, my last, about the weight cut. Does that mean you're not going to do 140 anymore? You know, my last fight, I did my last. Okay. All my camp last fight, I say, man, this is my last time on 40 because it's, it's hard, you know, yeah. but everybody say, okay, after fight, you know, after fight, I look at my, my box coach, I say, I want to fight again, you know, and he's crazy, crazy, you know, it's one week before the fight, you say, I don't want to fight this way anymore. And then, you know, it's really hard, maybe 140, but uh, I don't know what I do after, you know, I, I leave the hands to go FC, and I want to say thank you, Dana White, for the opportunity main event. But I leave in his hands, you know, and he, what he put, I'll do, and I just have to train and be ready. So, it was your last? No, it's not your last. We don't it's know. Not my last. You know, I'm a world champion, 45 pounder, and then yeah. I, I, when I fight, I know I, when I fight, I'm still the champion. You know, this is for me, it's very responsible. If, if I won 40 or 45, it doesn't matter for me. Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I, I go there and defend my belt, you know, and then, you know, I leave in his hands, you know, if I have opportunity to fight 140, you know. Same last time I say I don't want to fight 140, but if it happened, it's really hard. You know, this is time I just have to struggle because of the birth control, but mm -hmm. this never happened again because I'm not using it again. And then you'll be okay in the last fight. Oh, so you're not using it again? You think that I was will maybe not. part I, of the I, problem? I, no, I will stop. I, no, I still because I will stop after this, you know, and make sure if it, if it is his fault or not, you know. Okay, but it was kind of like as it stands an experiment that for you. That yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. With hormones, I guess that's yeah, it's unpredictable. Yes, it's say. gross. Now I know it's gross feeling <laughs> in the whole water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. So, for a woman, it's much harder to cut the weight, and you cut a lot, right? So that was maybe yeah for my for my division too. You know, I'm big girl. I have big muscle, and for my division, I already cut a lot. Yeah, but you know, I I think when you cut weight, you train more. You know, if you Sunday in the house at night time, you watch TV, somebody asks you, ah, let's go run. If you don't need cut weight, I'm not going to run. Now if you want to, you're going to run. And then, you know, sometimes I like because I train more mm -hmm. and you'll be more in shape in the fight. And yeah, you'll be heavyweight. If you ask me, why you're going <laughs> to run Sunday night, ah, I no, do this, you know. Because you said, yeah, so I'm leaving in Dana's hand. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like you're happy with the way that the UFC has been sort of treating your weight situation. I'm not giving you the 145 pound fight. Do you know, uh, something I was thinking, you know, you don't have to do my division. You know, I would ever champion 145. If you make it like a, the fight to just agree, girls fight me, we can make yeah. one way to be good for everyone, you know. And... Mm, I mean, I'm happy because I just have the opportunity, then give it the opportunity for me, 5-140, my last fight, and I'm really happy because this is the, the biggest fight UFC mm -hmm. in Brazil, and I'm really blessed for be there and they make this opportunity and then open this opportunity for me because don't have my division. It yeah. is they make something 140 for me, and I feel blessed about this, you know, and then after this fight, see everybody really like my, my fight. And then give the opportunity to be main event again in Brazil. Yeah. I'm happy about this. I don't tell you I'm happy now because I'm cut to eight. You know, it's hard. And then, but I'm really happy for opportunity and I'm very excited for this fight. You know, Lina, she's a good opponent. She's have 60, 70 fights in Muay Thai kickbox together. And I think great opportunity for me because I'm a strike, striker. I like striking stand up. 
and she liked you. And I think I would be excited for all people on the watch, you know, for sure, BKO, something like this, you know. And for sure, I will do my best over that and bring a victory for Brazil. She did say she was looking to fight five rounds. No, I'm ready for five rounds. Since she's hoping I'm gonna be tired, man, I'm running so much for this camp, and let's do this. You know, I trained for six rounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were you were talking about 145 at your division at Invicta, mm -hmm. uh, and you have been talking about your desire to go back to Invicta to defend that belt. Is that do you have anything already in mind for that? Do you have any opponents in mind at Invicta? Is that something that you're looking to do after you're done with this fight? You know, uh, Shanna, she's, she's asking for time for she to develop the next contender for the, the belt. And then we give the time and this I have the opportunity to fight again, you know, in, in the UFC. And let's see, you know, I, I never choose my opponent and, you know, I, I, I see if my manager... Of course, I want to defend my belt. If somebody else want to fight, I think it's the right way. If you hold your belt, you know, if you don't want to hold anymore, you let it go, you know, give opportunities for other girls. But then if you let it go, what would you do? Would you go straight, just be a full-time UFC fighter? I don't know. Don't know <laughs> I don't know. I have to see after this fight. You know, I, was, I, I don't like to make plans. You know, I like to just do what I'm doing now. And same the last fight. I was thinking maybe my last fight. You know, I don't know the first opportunity for me. And now I'm again here in my event. So better just don't make plans. Just, you know, wait. Okay. Because I, think, I think the sentiment generally uh, that we've been getting a lot is just, this, so she's going through all this sacrifice to make 140, but at the end of the day, you're fighting a newcomer. Uh, that I've read the word meaningless in the sense that this fight doesn't really do much for your career, yeah. um, but it's a headliner in Brazil. So for you, what does it mean, and why did you think, okay, that's worth making 140 for this particular fight? You know, I think all the fights I'm doing, it's, a, it's important for my career, you know, I think. I trained so much, and then this, for me, be here in the main event in Brazil and the UFC, I think it's a honor, you know. I think it's really important for my career because it's a lot of fighters want to be main event, and then I have this opportunity. And Lina is a great opponent, but everybody don't know too much her, maybe because she's coming from Muay Thai and the kickboxing. But I think it'll be an amazing fight. You were talking about the matchup and the fact that she's a striker and that you think it's going to be an exciting I, I think so. I think because this didn't match this fight because she's a striker and strike and I think people, people will be looking for this no BKO, you know, I think it'll be a great fight. So during the fight week, you've been getting probably the same questions over and over. The wait, the wait, the wait, the wait, the wait. Is it something that bothers you that you keep getting asked every five minutes about your weight? Is it, does it annoy you at any level or? You know, it's not just an interview all the time, you know. When, in the morning, George texts me, what is your weight? In the night, what is your weight? After training, what is your weight? I have my scale in my backpack all the time. <laughs> And then it's normal, you know, I think it's something, it's annoying, you know, but the girls don't like scale, you know. <laughs> but I, I, now we're friends, I see her all the time, and then it's, it's my job, you know, it's something I, I can I cannot I can hate the scale, I have to do this, and this is my, my opportunity for me to fight. And on the other hand, uh, the reaction to all of this, you've been getting a lot of sympathy from fans and people who are worried about you and worried about your health and worry ab about your cut. Do you, do you appreciate that other side of just having people come up to you and be like, be safe, Chris, don't, don't. Yeah, I have a lot of messages. You know, it's something nice because people understand why you, the, the, like the, 
the process we pass all the fighters not just me okay people see me but all the fighters cut the weight and the training and there's some fans just watch you the inside the octagon don't know what's happened i think when the fans look at everything we pass hey man then be more fan because you see the lot of things we do for be inside cage you know when you go inside the cage you're already champ because it's really hard to step inside cage and then and the one then can see the backstage to be a fighter, lose weight, trainee every day and eat less. And then, you know, it's very, very happy to have discipline and everything. I think that getting more fans and more interesting. Yeah. Is that what's behind your, uh, your approach to just showing videos of being active on social media? Is that something that you actually want to show, just the, the, the actual life of a fighter? You know, before I really don't like, I don't like show anything, but I think this is help, you know, for helping all my fans, you know, see and follow me. Because before I was fighting, I wore champion strike force, I fight elite XC, and the people just know me inside cage. And everybody think I'm a mean person, everybody asking me, ah, she's really bad. Well, really? She say hi for you, she take picture for you. I say, man, I'm really bad inside the octagon. I'm not bad outside. And I think this is cool because people can, can meet me and know about my life. Know I have a normal life, I'm a normal girl, you know, I have family, you know. And then I think people can, can appreciate more, not just know me inside cage. Because in cage, you cannot see me inside cage and say, she's really nice. Uh, you know, and then I think cool when people swim outside cage. Welcome back to the MMA Roadshow. That was Fernando Pratchett and Cyborg Justino. It's still weird sometimes. I, I say Santos every now and then, I feel bad. It's just ingrained in my head. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the co-main event briefly. Uh, first of all, just Henan Barrow, uh, uh, he's a monster. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Henan Barrow is a monster. A monster. Uh, no, you know, Cole Coffee, you and I, I think both have the same relationship with Henan, which is I think we both love the guy. I love the guy because, first of all, he's got that big, goofy smile, yeah. which is awesome. The other thing I love is um, not so much – I mean, his fighting, yes. I mean, obviously I got to see him in the WC and then the UFC, but like – I love the fact that, like, when he was a guest fighter at shows and stuff, like, he shows up for, like, the first fight. You know, like, he's a fight yep. fan. Like, he's yeah. some guy, you know, guest fighters roll in, like, halfway through the main card. Or whatever. Like, I mean, he's a fight fan. He supports his team. I mean, yep. just seems like an overall good dude. Yes. But, he I mean, let's be honest, we can't speak a, a damn word to him. It's yeah. always just like, <laughs> it, it sucks. Hey, <laughs> it sucks. Hey, hey, and Hennon's hey. always super nice. He's like, I think we both did, like, the little handshake and the little, thing today i was like oh man i just want to be like what's up dude but you're right he is like uh the nicest dude and i know i get criticized a lot of time because everybody's like man he can't be impartial because everybody thinks i love everybody right. but he is one of the fighters that i do i'm you're just like so delicate I, yeah, you're I'm very like a, delicate. I'm like a we flower. <laughs> I've just recently started taking the pill i'm sorry <laughs> um but no like he's always been so super nice, and you're right. Even like he come in the first fight, I think he's a guy that recognizes the fact of you know he came. I'm, I'm I don't know his full background, but I'm sure it wasn't the best upbringing. You know, I mean, you know, of poorest things. I it mean, wasn't bad. I mean, he was raised by his grandma, and it was a very loving home. He just didn't have much. Mu much, right? Love and I think love that was about yeah. It. What? But well, I, love is like pretty great. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the pill. I'm going to start fucking crying now. <laughs> like, stop, stop this, people. But, yeah, I think that's what, you know, he respects and he understands, you know, like when things are being given and people are given whatever, he's going to be there front and center, to, to you know, because that's respect given. I think he understands that and he's been respectful. And uh, 
for so for doing that and he's always been just smiling nice yeah. he shows up and stuff and it's like so whenever I see somebody go out of their way and he's so easy to work with, he's like, I'm inclined. I want to be like, dude, yep. you're fucking cool. Yep. Thank you for doing whatever. But easy. to not have the, the vocabulary to say it is so frustrating. It's so funny. We do the same dance hey. every if single time. If only you guys had a Portuguese speaker near you. If we only knew someone that wow. could translate. Wow. You know? And I have helped you with that. Yeah, Morgan. we've gotten some good stories. with. with yeah. well, I guess what I wanted to say, since you do have the insight, I know <laughs> you just spoke to him briefly. We didn't really focus on him as a big part of our interviews this week. Um, but second fight at Featherweight, I, I was there for the first one as well in Vegas, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, the, the guy looks like uh, – I mean, it's just – I mean, he used to – look. I mean, we all know that weight cutting is bad, and, and we've just finished spending you know, a bunch that's of time That's why we don't do it, cyborgs. folks. Yeah, that's why we let's, don't wake up. Let's trying put to a safe. disclaimer. We're trying, We're trying to be, to be safe and healthy <laughs> here. I am trying to be healthy with my lifestyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, he – I mean, literally there were times at 135 where, I mean – Pretty sure he shaved his head a couple times just to yep. get those yes. last few ounces off, not because he thought it was a fashion statement. Uh, and, and basically just looked awful. Sunken, hollow he eyes. He guys. He was a different person. You would talk to him. He looked glassy-eyed. Yeah. He was just not – He and he'll say it, and but we knew it. But I was one of the guys that when you walked in – a weigh-in scenario, you would never talk to him because he was miserable. And But that's more, there's more to it than that because I just remember from the very first interviews that we did that I, I ha actually had to translate for him a lot. And I just remember getting from him the same line, the weight cut is the worst right. part for me. And people say, oh, you're fighting what... Uh, yeah, that yeah, there's the face punching inside a cage thing, yeah, but yeah. that's like a minor. The war, the one thing that he has always pointed out was to me after I make weight, the worst is over. You know, it's funny because I had heard back in the day when you know, kind of him and Aldo were both in their prime and and, and both champions that he that Hennon actually walked around heavier than Aldo did. He did, and they're the same size right. basically. Aldo is a little bit taller, maybe, but Aldo is leaner. Right, and so Barrow uh, had to cut down guy. those ten pounds, which is crazy. So I love how you say his name. I, I make it. I feel like we're being official. Like we are an official podcast because we have names really Absolutely. pronounced. But like, it was not even his say it name. Again? It became Pagado. his Nascimento, name. Nascimento de Pegado. <laughs> Something like that. Something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pegado, yeah. But uh, it's his nickname, but it became. Uh, it was because of a soap opera that his grandmother used to watch, and it had the Baron. The ba Baron is the Baron, and she called him as a kid Baron the Baron, and that. Stuck. It is I funny how it. many. It is funny how many. I fighters love how you have. pronounce as opposed. We just brow. It is funny how many fighters we have because like yeah, you have Godofredo Pepe, yeah, Pepe Jason, a nickname. Uh, Jason obviously a nickname. But it's funny because like it, it sucks because what happens is they get introduced to us one way yeah. and yeah. we load them all into the system. We've got all of our links like, well, set actually, up. All like, ah, actually, we're gonna go with the nickname. But I think it's kind of cool that the USC. I know that, that, that that happens a lot in Brazil where it's people are basically just their name. I think it's kind of cool that the USC lets them use their nickname. Well, I mean they're so adamant about it. Like the Brazil people love their nicknames yeah. I mean they, they love it. it you know like if I want you to call me tree trunk or alligator or whatever it's like that's yeah. it that's my nickname that's my name like, I'll dude, sign it I'll sign it on a piece of paper it's, <laughs> and it's some of them are crazy because like if I wrote a story that was like guess who Ronaldo Souza's facing this week it'd be like who who Which yeah like you, you know what I mean it's like ah <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I still struggle with it like I yeah. have to ask you like how is this person loaded into the system because yeah I I'm just so used to the nicknames Jacare is one of them and Souza and, and we have like insanely common uh last names yeah Souza is so 
Silva, Souza, we have so many of Pesal, them. Pesal, everybody calls uh, Cigano. Nobody calls him JDS or Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, because Dos Santos is a, another very common nickname. So it's just kind of like, and we have a bunch of Silvas. Just There's literally only four last names in all of Brazil. You yeah. <laughs> That's why I like my Prates, because actually my last name is Ferreira, and Ferreira is also in Saint a very, yeah, That's yeah. why I don't use it. Uh, all right. Big fight, I think, for Hannah Barral because, uh, okay, you know, Felipe Nover said, to us this week, he's like, look, I don't, I don't think he's a legit featherweight. I think he's a bantamweight that just doesn't want to cut anymore. And I will say this. He's allowed when, to not want to cut anymore. Well, I know, but I will say this. When he was in there against Jeremy Stevens, like, I thought he fought a good fight. I thought he actually won the Jeremy Stevens yeah. fight, but it was so close that yeah, I was you like – Yeah, you could go either way. It's the same way. thing with me. But yeah. I will say this. The whole time in that fight, I was like, oh, shit, if Jeremy lands, this is going to be bad. You know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> Jeremy looked – so, so much, much bigger, bigger than yeah. he is now. We, you know, today when the, when they were doing the stare downs, it didn't. I mean, I, to be honest, I was more thinking about Cyborg, and, and so yeah. I, it it didn't stick out in my head that Felipe You're was like so much bigger. Cyborg. He was just shorter. Doug, yeah. I see you. He was just shorter. That's it. And then you see <laughs> Lineker being shorter than everyone else, and yeah. still destroying them. So it's kind of like, uh, and that's the thing, though. Being comfortable is part of being at your best it's true and if and i just think and i always talk about this we always have this conversation that people fighters are people and what works for one of them doesn't work for the other so sometimes the small advantage that you're gonna get by destroying yourself to make weight it's not worth being miserable all the time mm -hmm. and true. some other fighters have an easier time and that's like the same with us we some people diet. I've I've been dieting forever. I always do that. Right. Some people I know can't do it. They hate it. They don't want to give up their nice, delicious I'm foods. Like, like the two dudes in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna name names. It's just you know, it's just some people are more comfortable with certain sacrifices, and you don't have to be a robot to be an I'm athlete. Comfortable with no yeah. sacrifices. Well, and, and you gotta be comfortable. That's why. That's why I always do this podcast in my underwear because you gotta be comfortable. Yeah, because so it's, very, it's very sexy too. It's very sexy. I I am really appreciative of this choice. Oh. Fantastic. All right, so what do you guys think? I mean, Felipe Nova, I was kind of surprised this match. I mean, Felipe Nova seems like kind of a weird – I mean, he's coming off a loss. I, it, I don't it, it even – I didn't even know who he was, basically. Uh, and, wow. that's, and that's my thing, and, and that's my own <laughs> ignorance because, you know, like even with Lena came out of the woodworks for me, Philip was another one that came out of the woodworks for me. Yeah. Um, even if I probably watched the fight so that yeah, his exactly. last fight – It didn't Phillip. stick out to me. Yeah. Philippe, Philip, whatever <laughs> – Dog, I actually, when I first did one of his first lower thirds for one of the videos, I was like, Philip, and I went and I went back, oh, all right, it's one of those fancy names with the extra <laughs> E on the end. He Felipe probably wants to be called Felipe. in Brazil, incidentally. It's, it's Felipe <laughs> in some countries. But, um, no, I just – so I didn't – I have no frame of reference to expect. So I have to go back on my, my go-to and I'll lean towards Brown. But, you know yeah. – um, I think Brown wins this fight, but I'm, I'm interested. I think this is a big fight for him because for he some reason, needs to win, if he lays an egg yeah. and goes in there and has a bad performance, that's not going to be good he for him. He knows that. He knows that. And he wouldn't say it in so many words to us because I don't, as much as we all established that we adore him, and I do, and uh, Kenny he was, was like, there. When Hola, we, Fernanda. Hey. Uh, he, was like, he was like, oh, he, he no, lit I was, up and I was stuff, actually teasing him because uh, during the media day, I took a picture of him and I posted it on Instagram. And he used it and didn't, like, credit me, <laughs> which is fine. But it's just kind of like he stole my picture. And he didn't – he could have asked. And right. I would have sent the picture of full quality. He yeah. just, like, screen grabbed Instagram. <laughs> 
So it's got, I was it's got your him. name up in the top corner. <laughs> and he left a comment that it was like, ooh, who's this good-looking fella? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Hina, and but he just doesn't give the greatest interviews. He gives the worst interviews. He sucks in Portuguese. Well, well I was going to say, most of the time we used to do interviews with him. He's always been struggling with his weight, so you know nobody gives yeah. a good interview like no, that. No, he's and better then the, now. At know. least he's, he's like, he'll give answers, like full sentences, but still, like we get pretty much the same sentences over and over. Yeah. Like, oh, if you have a mouth, you can it's say whatever normal. you want. Stuff like that. It's it's his Ain't equivalent. Normal. Yeah, it's his version of <laughs> it's normal. I heard, I heard, uh, there was one I'm today. Back. Christian had spoken with Godofredi Pepe. Yeah. Uh, and he there was a I was actually writing the story up and there was a phrase that I've heard him use like multiple times like I'll dance to whatever music's played. Yeah. Like, oh, not that one again. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> that, but Pepe is actually a good interview. Oh, he's a great fighter, I, dude. That guy when he's on, he's is on, on yeah. man. I had him for the. I thought he was gonna win the last one and he could have. He could. He dropped the strategy and that's the thing you could hear. D to go freaking crazy in his corner. Don't, don't stop doing it. Stop laying down and pulling him into your guard. And then he proceeds to. Yeah, he gives pull. up round, He gives up rounds on his back. He's so dangerous from his yeah. back that he's so willing to be there. But dude, you just give it up the round. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk quickly about the heavyweight fight. Uh, Roy Nelson uh, Bigfoot. and Bigfoot. Wait, are they fighting on this card? Crazy, huh? <laughs> but it's funny because you, I know you kind of, and, and obviously we trust your judgment when it comes to to, to gauging the, the temperature of Brazil, so to speak, or whatever. But you know, I am you, the voice of Brazil. I mean, you speak for everyone. I do. In the entire nation. Yes, I we have the keys to the country. One hundred percent. We're like you speak for them. Uh, but you kind of gone out of your way and and, and said that you know. Like people are pretty pumped up about this fight, and that they're both they're both like ultra popular people down here. They which, um, of course, Bigfoot's from here. That didn't work out for him so well against <laughs> Andre Alaski the last time he fought here. But he is from here. Um, but you kind of said that they're both actually big stars there. And, and Roy, kind of, we were talking to him for a little while uh, off record or whatever, and he said that he's actually been greeted a lot warmer yeah. so i mean th this is actually kind of a, a fun fight for brazil it's a great fight for brazil so bigfoot one good way of telling how popular a fighter is you had global doing interviews next mm -hmm. to us yesterday right who did they interview they, they didn't even interview Lena. That's right. They didn't even talk to her at all. They did. Great point. Right. I didn't even think about. It. Did they even? We were the only. Did they do Cyborg yesterday? Yeah. Oh, of course they talked to Cyborg. They did Cyborg. They did Cyborg. So they did Cyborg, Roy, Bigfoot. and Bigfoot. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's a great thermometer. I don't know if they did Roy. <laughs> they oh, dropped they did. the that's ball on that. Yeah. Globo. So that's a great way of telling. When I used to do. What do they know about? TV? What do they know about stuff? <laughs> With their when millions and millions of viewers. <laughs> what do they know about anything? <laughs> they know about giving the audience what they want. Right. And that's like Bigfoot is such a big name here because of the novelty, right. because he stands out. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's digestible. You know, you can appreciate a person with obvious appeal, and and that's Bigfoot. And then Roy, the same thing for different reasons. He's also a very easy to relate to fighter. Mm -hmm. You go into I, I he's a character. <laughs> you go into he's Barbie. such a character. I can only I can only imagine yeah, what Brazilians think when they see this big bearded jolly dude that especially when he gets his his, his wins belly. and he rubs his belly they gotta just love i mean i love yeah, it i know americans love it i mean they gotta love it bearded jolly dude what are they <laughs> they're like what santa claus how do you say santa claus in portuguese what santa claus yeah papai noel papai noel papai noel oh that just sounds good ah papai noel Next time I see him, I'm like, ah. That's amazing. <laughs> no, he, I mean, it's funny because you go, like, I'll go into, like, family gatherings or whatever, and it will come up that my occupation involves semi-naked people 
fighting each other in cages and they go oh uh, there's also that guy that rubs his it's seriously he's such a huge topic of conversation that's awesome uh and when i used to do pr and you know kawan who used to do it with me kawan was obsessed with point nelson by the way (laughs) he's probably like super upset that he's not here right now and we would always put in a request for roy as a guest fighter because we knew that everybody was going to want to talk to him. They love him here. That's amazing. I had no idea. No. He's the, he, I asked, and you, you were there, I asked him, like, Roy, did you know that you were a thing in Brazil? You can use right. that shirt now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, a big, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big deal. I'm big in t-shirt Brazil. T-shirt makers, if you have a t-shirt company, <laughs> yeah. contact Roy Nelson. <laughs> but, so he's a big draw, and then Bigfoot. So, and, and again, heavyweights, I'm very clear about how I feel when it comes to USC heavyweights. They suck. <laughs> but not Roy Nelson and Bigfoot specifically, but I don't like the division. I think it's very thin. Or, um, or a fan of the show, Derek Lewis. Pretty cool, <laughs> Derek too. Lewis, the, uh, <laughs> except for the No beast. plugs. I'm not plugging anything. I'm just, no, I'm no just I love Redoom. I'm just saying the we love beast, the Black obviously, beast. who sponsors this show, apparently. <laughs> but Black the heavyweights have very like yeah. clear clear also digestible appeal to major audiences and in Brasilia specifically what we get is a very unique situation in which you have this uh, money going around mm-hmm. you have people who want to spend money on entertainment but they're not avid fans but they'll go right so I do think that it's going to be there are going to be a lot of people there right there is a certain amount of buzz but at the same time, people don't know what's going on. But then you go and say, are there fights going on? Yeah. Oh, I'll go. They don't even know. They just want to go because it's a thing. The city needs entertainment. They have money. Like, And I use my dad as a therm- thermometer for everything. Uh, I'm from here, as you guys know, and my dad lives here. And he's got his uh, friends here. And they're all, like, rich, middle-aged white men. And... <laughs> So you usually hang out with them. (laughs) (laughs) They're really my crowd. Really. I love it. Uh, And they all have shared the same thing. Like they would go. They're probably going just because it's something to do. So you get heavyweights, Roy Nelson, Bigfoot. It just makes perfect sense for the city we're at right now. Big big fight for both those guys. I mean, I think both of them could really use a win. Antonio Silva especially. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are fairly concerned about his future and, and how much longer he can keep fighting if he takes if he takes tough losses. Uh, a fight that I'm really looking forward to. I don't know if most people are, but I am. Paul Felder, Francisco Chinaldo. Yeah. I love this fight. Felder is so fun to watch. Master Nduba, I love watching him fight. Uh, I don't know about the whole sparring blindfolded thing that he did <laughs> yeah. building up to this thing, uh, but I just I love I love watching the guy fight. Cool story. He's obviously uh, a huge kind of. Uh, cult hero down here, man. He always gets such a good welcome, but uh, I, I think that's a big fight. And one that I'm sure Fernandez is looking forward to, uh, Tiago Mejeta Santos <laughs> against boy. Eric Spice. I know Mejeta's your boy. You've written extensively on him and uh, supporting him, but he is getting a lot of love down here. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, the UFC Brazilian office, which just like every regional office does, you know, they kind of try to identify who's our guys. Who, you know, who are the ones coming up that we need to, like, maybe put a little push behind. Yeah. I feel like they think Mejeta has got something. 
That's the thing. He's got a cool life story. He's from Cidade de Deus, the same place uh, that Rafaela Silva came from, the judo who just won judo gold, uh, who won gold at the Olympics with judo. I don't know if that sentence made any freaking sense. <laughs> but Most of the sentences we all say on this podcast <laughs> don't anyway, so that's cool. True. Uh, so he comes from the same place. He has this really cool story of just overcoming, of coming from, uh, from nothing really. He built this great life for himself he was in the military for years he's just uh, and his style of fighting is also very interesting mm -hmm. so you have a very cool combination of factors that i think make for a star the one thing with santos is he's very shy yeah so he doesn't he, he started like calling out people and stuff but he doesn't have that type of charisma that just shines through I think he's a great guy, and I've had the opportunity to have long sit-down interviews in which I could really pull things from him. But if you don't have that opportunity... Right, you're not going to get a two-minute soundbite from him. Exactly. You actually... Last week, we had the media day, and the most interesting thing we had, and it was like pretty much the main the main topic of conversation, was how pissed he was that he lost to Musasi. And it's funny, because he walked in last minute mm -hmm. against... It's not... Just someone. Nah. It's Musasi and a very hungry Musasi yeah. at that. So he yeah, he didn't get to eat his spaghetti. <laughs> he was very hungry. He was very hungry. <laughs> he really wanted spaghetti <laughs> and Cormier. That's right. <laughs> and Cormier. He was, you know, he was hungry for spaghetti and Cormier. So he walked in, and, and it's the type of fight that you go in with nothing to lose, right? And that you kind of like give yourself free that, pass, right? Free You're like, pass. ah, shit, I stepped up. I did what I could do. He's pissed. He's he was dev he was dev like you can see it in his eyes like he couldn't get over it he said he wanted he changed uh, people in his team because he felt like they didn't give him the right strategy he felt he held back too much because he wanted to like throw down and he feels like that like that would have been the way for him to they win they wanted to play a little more and they wanted him to play a little more safe Saucy's a pretty good counterpuncher it's I I honestly <laughs> it seemed a little bit delusional yeah but that's good yeah I like it I it's, like it it's interesting it gives some flavor but in any case that's that's why I think that he's being uh he's got the potential to be a Brazilian name I just feel like he needs to let his personality shine through a little bit more. Gilbert yeah. Burns is uh, closing out the preliminary card. Uh, against, a good one. Yeah, uh, you spent a lot of time. Gilbert's he, he likes to talk. Oh, he's a talk. He's, he's yeah. a great interview. <laughs> he was the longest interview of the other day. It was. <laughs> and he was he's uh, so dude. cute that he went on Twitter like, I didn't know it was your birthday. That's funny. <laughs> Too funny. That was so adorable. I'm interested, uh, interesting fight uh, with Michelle Pedraceras because uh, that dude can be incredibly boring. <laughs> I love how you didn't even set this one up. <laughs> <laughs> because that – and Gilbert said it himself. Because I, I sat down with him. It's effective, but it's just boring. Boring as fuck. And then Gilbert said it. Yeah. We sat down. So, yeah, you were there, but you were doing yeah, other yeah, stuff. But when we sat down and he said uh, – because uh, uh, Michelle said that he's jiu-jitsu. He thought his jiu-jitsu was as good as Gilbert's. Mm -hmm. And then I asked Gilbert about that because obviously we like stirring shit up. Of it's course. what we do. So I was like, I never do that. Never. And he said, uh, well, he's wrong. <laughs> and he does, he does boring fights. 
I don't do boring fight. I don't want to do. I have no interest I, in doing boring fight. I hate. I mean, I hate to be rude, but I always say, if you're gonna say something, be willing to say it to the fighter themselves. I would tell them that. Like, listen, man. I mean, well, let's you, give them a call. I, I'm That's just kidding. Be the special just segment kidding. of today's podcast. Put <laughs> 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 Morgan hey, tells Michelle to his Who's face. knocking on the door right now? Oh, it's Michelle. What's happening? Did you get the ear room? You're boring. Peace. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, you can't hate a guy for trying to win fights, man. You're trying to put money in the bank and take care of your family and all that. And by all accounts, he seems like a nice guy, but. God damn, it's just like, just, <laughs> like just he's a cop. Take down and chill. Yeah, I heard that. Well, yeah. see, that's what cops do. Like, they just take you down and they they Paula control Thiago. you until they can. Well, in the mean streets he's of Brazil. He's a Chicha cop too, though. Uh, firefighter. Uh oh yeah, true. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. All right, so uh, we'll just move on so I don't get myself in trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Honey Yaya, we. Uh, I think were you there when he was begging honey. for the fight? Uh, I was. Sioux Falls. Yeah, yeah, he was begging. I can't remember if you were back there in the back at the time, or whatever. Oh, yeah. I wasn't. We, oh, yeah, I knew you were in Sioux Falls, yeah. but yeah, he basically begged for a fight. He got it. This fight could be a lot of fun because Yaya is like one of the most interesting fight styles, uh, and he's fighting Michinori Tanaka, who actually has a pretty interesting fight style as well. Yeah, I know nobody's talking about this fight probably most people don't even know what's happening but if you're a hardcore fan i think this one's going to be kind of fun yep. uh and the flyweight fight i really like uh juicy formiga and dustin that's Ortiz. to juicy. me is one juicy. juicy juicy first of all we do uh, juicy. juicy we need you to li- we need you to listen <laughs> we've come up with something for I'll you i'll tell him i'll let him know let him know uh Cold Coffee has too. come up with an entrance <laughs> song for him yes it's it's the original the original juicy, juicy which fruit. i learned something i did not know that yeah. that, that it was, was the, sampled, juicy. the sampled for juicy which Totally makes sense. Yeah, why I forget the name, name of the group. Of the Matumbo and, and I felt ignorant because I was like, no, that's the same from the, the Biggie song. And he goes, no. Because Biggie knew what was up. Yeah. Just saying. Am I supposed to call him Biggie? How do we call him like in 2016? I don't even Biggie. know. Biggie. Biggie, is that okay? Okay. Why not? Still Biggie. He's not smiley. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he's still Biggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we need you to. Do, so basically, uh, if you could pass that along, since you do speak for all of Brazil, I do. Uh, yes. Let them know that we. I'll put, it's like, I'll it's like they already heard forum. it already. We who speak as Americans, <laughs> we actually represent. We, America. You guys are Americans. We speak for I America. Even tell. Yeah. I mean, we're. You hide it pretty well. We're pretty much the prototypical Americans. <laughs> Loud. <drunk> no. <laughs> you. Are, no. <laughs> what? I know. So we want him to go by Juicy as his nickname. And <laughs> Come out to For me is also a nickname. <laughs> I, that's Juicy. true. There's another nickname. It means Ed. Uh, and he's Da Silva. Yep. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, yeah, because I, I called some of his fights in Tachi Palace. So, dude, he's gotten so much bigger from back when he, like, he was, like, wiry, like, skinny little dude. Now he's actually, like, put some strength yeah, on. Yeah, he's got if, some little. If he gets on your back, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah. Eric Silva on the that's prelim. That's what she said. What? That's a good one. Second one today. Eric Silva on the prelims. Yeah, I talked to him. I was just writing up a piece on him, and uh, I ran into him in the elevator. He's pretty much on weight. Uh, with Eric. Hair looks good this week, as always. Hair game on point. Yep, mm-hmm. yep looks sharp. He seems mm-hmm. so happy. And yeah. that's like, we were, he changed things up. He's doing his camp in his hometown, which I would find bizarre because it's not, it's just a small town. Not a small town, but you wouldn't. Associated with good fighting. Where is it? Uh, is it? Vila Velha is in Espírito Santo. I remember Espírito Santo. Yeah. And he brought his whole structure there. He was supposed to come in and stay for two weeks because he was training in the U.S. Right. And he came back and he couldn't come back because of his son. 
Interesting. He didn't. He's like, I can't. I want to stay here. And he decided. He talked to Benke, and Benke bought the idea. And they brought such a high-level camp that his training partners don't want to go back. They want to stay there training. Really. So I mean, whether it's gonna work out for him or not, Chagas is a very tough guy, and we've seen him. Uh, his debut on was short notice against Serginho. What? And then he went stadium? to the ground with him. Yeah. Like that's he. He's he's crazy talented. Yeah. But um, Eric is just. And you could tell by talking to him, by he seems in such a good place, just like happy that it's it's just nice to see him that way. Yeah, you know? he's it's uh, I feel bad because he's kind of become the poster boy of like unrealized potential. Yeah, and I think he's that you know because he had so much hype coming in and uh, is capable of putting on fantastic performances, yep. but has has had some inconsistencies. So uh, this is a tough fight. You know, nobody really knows who Chagas is. Of course, they you know they probably you know. Hardcores will have seen the fight against yeah. Serginho, of course, but uh, most people don't know anything about him. But th that dude showed me a lot, so I'm, I'm excited for this fight too. Uh, fight pass, Alain Patrick, Stevie Ray. I think that's cool going to be a fun too, fight. Yeah. That's a good one, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I like Patrick, man. I, I like his style. He's, awesome. He's fun to watch fight. Another guy with a great story. Yeah. Uh, and and he used to, he used gave to. you an incredible line where, you know, he, he basically. Women used to hide the purses when he walked by. And now they, they open it to, to take cameras for pictures. Oh, I was like, that's He that's used to awesome. beg in the streets of Brasilia. Like, he had his most violent home. His uh, family was just – his parents were both alcoholics. Um, his mom moved out. and judge people. He would live <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> the, they were the violent types, John. Okay, okay. You're, you're, you're okay. a peaceful drunk. Uh, they would stay. And his house was so crowded that he wouldn't want to stay in, so he slept on the streets. And you know, he he uh, sh he used to shine shoes. Which is where the nugget came from. The nugget, the nickname. He used to you know jump over fences and playgrounds to sleep. Uh, you know, it's just. He had, and it was here because he lived all over. He's not from here. He's from Sao Paulo, lived in Manaus for a really long time. And that's where he met Jack Ray, who was uh, really responsible for bringing uh, Alain Patrick, uh, to, to, for creating him as a fighter. But then he, and then he comes back here. He hasn't fought here. And just, it's just this whole full circle thing from, you know, he used to beg here, and now he's mm -hmm. like lowest to lows to come back as one of their it's, it's, possible champions or whatever. That's it's, a great it's, story. It's a great fight. I, I yeah. like Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray is stepping outside of Europe. Uh, he's had a great run in the UFC so far. I'm a little scared because the last time I thought we were going to have a really beautiful homecoming story, it was Igor Arujo in Brasilia who sold ice cream outside of the uh, stadium. <laughs> and had his soul oh. sold. What was that? You used that term. Yeah. His, what his, was his it? Soul, his soul was taken from him that evening. <laughs> that was not it was not good. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best for Alain Patrick because that was a scary knockout. Oh, Igor Arujo, man, it was it was actually scary. And to think that he had, like, friends and family and stuff like that because he was back in, in, in a place where he had, again, come from nothing and come to something, like, yeah. scary. So, all right, well, listen, uh, it has been fun, but we've got Churrascaria to go get. Uh, Churrascaria. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, nothing is going to stop that. So uh, we're going to uh, go do that. And then after after – we come back uh, with the tourist career. That's when we'll, we'll do some editing and get this stuff yeah. all up. So yeah. as, as we head out the door, uh, I did want to play uh, the interview with uh, Dustin Ortiz because I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, a, a prelim fighter, a, a flyweight who has really fought the best of the best in the flyweight division. Uh, you know, probably probably doesn't get a lot of love, but I uh, really enjoyed him kind of outlining some of the changes that he made and some of the goals that he made. And, uh, yeah, since we got to go eat dinner, I figured I'll let you hear a little Dustin Ortiz. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thank you.
So I think it's been January since you last fought. January, yeah. What give us the update? Is it was it that long on purpose? You have things to take care of? Uh, or what's you been up to? No, actually, it, it's, it's never on purpose to take off of work. This is my job, you know. I like to work. I like to make money, and uh, so I'm always willing to fight at any point, any time. It's been a good break. I got to say that it's been nice. I moved back to Nashville. So I've been training there for this fight camp, a little switch up, uh, not a lot of people know about. So that's kind of breaking news as of right now. Um, but no, it's, yeah, it's kind of, you know, my first year they threw me in there like five fights, my first calendar year. Mm -hmm. And then I went to like one, maybe two the next year. And then, so it's, it's I'm not sure what program they had me on, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm ready to take a fight at any time. We'll talk about the training switch. What, was there a reason behind it? And, and who are you with now? Um, I'm with myself, to be honest. I, I go to so many gyms right now throughout middle Tennessee. Um, I'm driving like an hour in each direction just for, you know, one practice, boxing here, jujitsu here, wrestling here, um, strength and conditioning over here. So it's, I'm not with one particular gym, just getting the best out of every gym that, you know, opens up the doors to me, which has been tremendous. I've been, got, I've been, I've had a lot of support, you know, since I've been back, which has been, you know, absolutely a blessing to me. Um, but I went back to visit after my last fight, just kind of, you know, it didn't go my way. I was kind of stuck in a rut mentally and just needed that, you know, breath of fresh air back in Tennessee. And once I got there, it was just like, man, this is, this is nice, you know, right. it's nice. And then I got the call, so I was like, well, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the most out of it. So Very uh, cool. Saturday will tell, tell the tale. Well, you've been down here before. You've uh, made the trip to Brazil. You were successful. Mm -hmm. It's a hard place for a lot of people to fight, but, but, yeah. but you did well. What, what was the key to success? What kind of things did you take out of it to, to, for you to be successful here? Um, it was, my last one was a rough go because it was my first UFC fight. Uh, first time out of the United States. When we got, I think it was over Puerto Rico, we had to turn around and come back because the navigation went out in the airplane or something, which I don't know how we turned around if the navigation went out in the first place, but. Uh, so yeah, we had an extra eight hours of flying. It just killed my legs. I'm, I'm not a huge uh, fan of flying and that whole process. So getting over here this time was a lot smoother. We got over here early. My body's adapting. Um, we're right on schedule. So getting in there um, and dealing with the fans, it's just like you got to use that energy and that passion and, and force it into your um, your you gotta make it work for you. Right. So that's kind of what I did is like, uh, the first two rounds was like an out of body experience. I was like watching myself from the cage. I could hear my coach, but I, I just couldn't let loose with anything I was doing. I was just like fighting on, you know, auto zone. And the third round, it just kind of clicked. I was like, man, I gotta win. I gotta, I gotta knock this dude out, I gotta do something. So my coach was telling me what combos, I was like, no, I gotta take him down. I gotta ground and pound. I gotta go back to you know what works for me. So that's what happened. I took him down, took his back, ground and pound, and got the TKO finish in the third. So just kind of making that snap, that transition in the third round is is what won it for me. Nice. This time you're facing Formiga, a guy that uh, you're certainly familiar with. You guys mm -hmm. kind of cross paths out in California, but uh, yeah. What do you think about? Him? I mean, he's he's so great at what he does. I mean, the the, the back control, mm -hmm. it's insane. 
But, I mean, do you look at him as kind of like a one-trick pony? Like, that's all he got? I mean, if you can keep him out of that element, it, there's nothing there. How do, how do you break him down? Yeah, I, I actually re-watched the uh, Ian McCall and Formiga fight from Tachi Palace. And Great commentary on that fight, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, he's so good at what he does. He's very precise with his punches. He doesn't overthrow he de he commits to everything that he's throwing he's very precise with him he's counter puncher he likes to throw the same combinations i feel like um just at different times his timing is really well and he loves the back take um and if he gets the back you know he hasn't been able to finish his last couple guys right. with the back he just likes to get there figure four and just kind of wait out the round i feel like uh and he doesn't have the gas tank that i have so I've never been afraid and shied away from taking anybody down. I've fought Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts before. Um, and if I get in the top position, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to let my hands go and drop some elbows and push the pace and just grind out, you know, a victory because it's kind of what I do. So I'm not afraid to go to the ground. And with the stand-up, um, like I said, it's just staying away from what I know that he likes to do because, yeah, I, I want to call him a... One trick pony? One trick pony. <laughs> um, but I know that he likes to stay with certain combos and mix them up at different times. Right. So, You mentioned, you know, coming up short last time out, I mean, you've had some mixed results in the USC, but I mean, the guys that you've mm -hmm. lost to, top tier guys, I mean, you're facing the absolute best in the world. So what do you feel like it's going to take to, to kind of reach that next level? Because I know, I know you want to be at the top. Yeah, it's going to take finishes. It's going to take uh, exciting finishes. I got to switch it up, you know, a little bit and, and throw some things uh, that the fans want to see, you know, and ultimately we're in the entertainment business and that's kind of what I'm realizing is you can't go out there and just grind out people and get the win because that's not going to get you the recognition that you may deserve because this is a very hard business. It's, it's hard to, you know, get up every single morning when you don't want to. It's five o'clock in the morning, you know, the sun's not even up yet and you're on your way to practice, and I, that's what I went through this training camp. You know, it's very dedicated. Every, every um, practice meant something to me, you know, because I was driving an hour, like I said, that's no, no joke, you know. So on the way there, I'm like, man, that roof sport is like five minutes down the road, you know. <laughs> so here I have a lot of time to think, and I just dedicated myself to that. Um, and so it got me thinking, like, what do I need to do um, in an entertainment stance. Mm -hmm. So I need to do something that's a little bit flashy, but still within my comfort zone that fans, you know, want to see and get knockouts, get finishes. And because I'm fighting the best guys, for sure, that's there. No, you know, no doubt about it. My second fight or my first fight was in Brazil against a Brazilian, which, you know, for your first time, that's pretty, you know, I feel like, you, you know, a great career record. Pat on my time. back yeah. right there, you know, and then uh, I fought Moraga in my second fight. And he just come off a title shot. So I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, like, do they think I'm that good or are they just using me for a stepping stool? So all this is going through my mind. And uh, then with the Benavidez fight, I'm like, man, I, I beat uh, Borg and Scoggins, both undefeated fighters. Top prospects right now. And then they give me Benavidez. And so it's just, uh, and then my last one, you know, unfor well, then they gave me McCall again, the rematch on that. So it's always been, you know, top five, top ten mm -hmm. guys, undefeated guys. Uh, and I've hung with all of them. I haven't been finished. So it's just time to really buckle down and get some wins. That last one, you know, I felt, I felt that one. You know, I felt I really should have won that. I felt I lost it, I lost it mentally. So 
kind of re-gearing this time around, I'm, I'm really striving for the, the finish with this one, especially over number three guy. That'll put me back in like, okay, you yeah. know, Dustin's been like this, but when I fight better guys, I feel like I perform better. So I hope he brings that out. What's it like for you watching like the Ultimate Fighter right now? I mean, like you said, you're facing the best guys in the world. You've been facing the best guys in the world mm -hmm. your whole time in the UFC. Now you got 16 guys that most people haven't even heard of. Yeah. And they're facing off for a title shot. Is that, I wonder, as a, as a contender, I mean, you know that you can't get a title shot right now because it's tied up for a little while. Is it, yeah. Is it, is it frustrating at all or do you understand it? I mean, what's, what's, how do you deal with um, that? No, it's, it's not frustrating. It's, it's good, actually, I feel like. I'm, I'm pretty happy because that's 16 more guys that are coming into the UFC, that's 16 more on the roster, that's more opportunities for me to fight more often. You know, and with the, the little guys being, you know, the lesser uh, entertainment, I guess you could say, which I'm not completely understand. I mean, it's like a hundred miles an hour a I think minute. It's the most fun to visit. Yeah, you know, that's what I thought. Um, but everything's kind of slowed down for us. So with adding this, I don't know if they're going to add all of them. I'm sure, maybe. I don't know the details on that. But uh, adding those guys would definitely benefit everybody. I think it mixes it up because I fought already so many of the top guys like who do I fight next you right. know in order to move up I fight somebody behind me that's not really going to push me up the ranks very fast or you know saying oh man this guy fought so and so and now he's getting title shot like right you know so the title shot is not really I think that'll come in the perfect timing I'm not going to force it I'm not going to push it I need to make paydays anyways so um, working up I'm still pretty young 27 years old um, some, some people only get the opportunity, the title shot one time, you know, so I got to make sure that I'm ready for it. And my last fight was just kind of like a sign like, hey, you know, maybe you need a little more time to work on your mental game. And that's what I took it as. And that's kind of where I'm gearing my, my career. Very cool. Well, it all starts on Saturday night. When you see this thing, mm -hmm. you play it out in your head. How do you see this one going down? I got to get the victory. There's, there's no, nothing less, you know. I, I visualize my hand raised every single time, and that's what it's going to take. That's what, you know, you have to have this mentality of, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to push him, and I'm going to break him, and I'm going to get my hand raised at the end, whether it be submission, TKO, on the feet, it's, it's going to be a stoppage. Where's the thing, how long it stays? One. Litro Retornaval. These like returnable bottles? Yeah. So you can bring it back and get yourself Cinco Centavos. I think that was Spanish. Oh, wait, really? Antarctica. Mm hmm. Yep. Guess I should actually look before I just. <laughs> like, yeah, we're rolling. Well, mm -hmm. 30 minutes later. I've already gone far enough. I already, uh, yeah, but I already, when I was like, oh, man, I wonder how many people started hearing, like, period and birth control period, and they're just like, <laughs> let's turn the TV on. <laughs> we lost them. We lost the three listeners. That's funny. <laughs> but it's like, it, it has to be spoken of, and, and I, yeah, I, I mean, talked to John especially about it in this, before. it's like, a big storyline. Yeah. And, and it's easier for a woman to say it. Like, even if a guy says it and they're 100% accurate, they still sound like, it just sounds weird, you know. What right. I mean? well, let's, let's be honest. We would never be 100% accurate trying oh, to talk no. about birth control. No, and but the pills that's the thing. Like, I'm not a doctor, but I, I you, you look play into one on the TV. shit that you put in your body. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I've done my research about it. So, and that's why I decided to go off of it. So yeah. it's kind of like, 
I know that it's not an exact. What I can tell for sure is that nobody can tell anything for sure. So that's funny. it's a gamble. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows what the fuck is up with the fucking bills. All I right. wouldn't do it. No, that's risky. All right, rolling again. Yep. Shit, dog, I've been rolling. That's what's up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.